Who are you? I'm Harry, Harry Potter. One time somebody gave me a map and they marked an X at the end of it. I thought I was going to get some treasure. So I kept on going and going and going. And I was trying to find the X. Once I finally reached the X, I dug down. I dug so far down. And then I realized that my cousin just gave me a map and told me to go dig there. So all I did was really collect dirt, nothing else. But I hope Harry had a better time with his map. Hi, guys. My name is Joe. And that's Jacob. <laughs> and this is just another chapter, a book club style podcast where, well, we're going over Harry Potter, all seven books from the series, chapter by chapter on a daily basis. But we actually have never read the books before. We know what happens in Harry Potter based off the movies. But as we can tell from today's episode, from book three, chapter 10, The Mortar's Map, a lot of things are different from the book to movie. So, Jacob. Without further ado, will you please take us through your rundown of this chapter? Yeah, this was an interesting chapter to say Unreal the least. Chapter. It was chapter. really, really, um, really good. And um, it begins back in the hospital wing um, over the weekend. And um, Harry's mind uh, is wandering. It's on the Grim, mm. the Broom, the Dementors. Obviously, he's thinking quite a lot about what just what's what's going on. Uh, people are coming in and out, coming to say hello to him, trying to cheer him up. Uh, he's having a tough time. Um, you know that broomstick still still pretty uh, busted. So, so still brooming. Still brooming. He's gonna have to eventually get rid of it, but he's having tough tough time getting rid of it but he still hasn't told anyone about the grim he's worried um it will follow him forever he's like maybe this is just my life now maybe i'm just gonna have to be looking over my shoulder and kind of worrying about that um but then he also kind of clues in that the voice that he was hearing uh at that time that was the voice of his dying mother um mm. lily potter um rest in peace and um, yeah, it's very it's very hard for Harry, but it's it's now it's now Monday. He's healed up and he's ready to get back back to things. He's going to be going back to school, um, take some classes. And Malfoy is also he's healed at this point, but he's, fuck Malfoy. But he's still a fraud and he's mm. annoying as ever. And this gets Ron to snap at Malfoy um, because he's kind of flaunting. And then he ends up losing 50 points for Gryffindor, but that's like the, that's not that bad. It, they'll be able to make that up. I'm sure of it easily. And also Lupin, he's back after a, a mysterious illness. He's back in class and he says, uh, don't worry about Snape. Uh, you don't have to do any of those assignments that he handed out to you. Goat. And Goat shout, shout out. And he asked Harry to stay after class so he can speak with him. They talk about the Quidditch match, what happened there. And Harry says, why did the Dementors treat me like this and not others? And then Lupin responds by saying, it has nothing to do with the weakness. The Dementors affect your worst, it affect you worse than ever uh, than others, because there are horrors in your past that others don't have. So it's Powerful. because Harry's experienced quite a bit that the Dementors are trying to kind of take out that life force, all the experience that he's had in his life 
So why are they going for him and not random people like Ernie McMillan, who's got a very normal life? Uh, Lupin also <laughs> tells um, Harry that the Dementors, it seems like they're getting hungry. That's why they attacked on that day when there was a Quidditch match. There were so many people in the stadium that they couldn't, um, they couldn't resist. So mm -hmm. does that mean Harry's kind of like the T-bone steak of all the people at Hogwarts in terms of... So you're saying T-bone is the most elite steak? Um, I don't know. Is it? I don't really eat beef, so... Uh, I all I do is I is I enjoy watching other people beef, but yeah, I don't really eat that much beef. I don't know. Is heck filet mignon? I think that's the he's best. ground beef. He's, he's ground beef with a little bit of uh, Mr. Dash's seasoning. Damn, yo, no sodium, okay. gang. Oh shit. Sorry. Okay. Sorry. Well, Harry, <laughs> Harry's kind of like okay. Well, I need I need to be able to figure out what's wrong with these dimensions how do i fight them off so he asks lupin what what can i do and lupin offers to help him out and harry's mood is getting a lot better at this point hufflepuff losing to ravenclaw definitely helped and he thought that um <clears throat> uh yeah no i'll be able to fight off the dementors in the next game if i get some help from lupin and of course, Christmas is around the corner, and that means a lot of people are going to be leaving um, back to their homes for the holiday break. But Ron and Hermione kind of stick around um, to keep an eye on Harry. That's kind of the main reason, although that's not what they say. Mm -mm. And there is going to be another trip to Hogsmeade um, because it's holiday time. People are going to go shopping. People are going to have some fun. And Fred and George uh, pull Harry aside before uh, things get uh, crazy and people go to Hogsmeade or people are already on their way. And they give him a piece of parchment paper for Christmas. And Harry's Ooh. pretty confused at this point, but they explain they stole it from Filch. And it's a pretty special parchment paper. It's actually a map that shows every detail of Hogwarts and the footsteps of people walking around in real time. Harry really can't believe it. It even has secret passages on the map to Hogsmeade and Harry's feeling great. And he thinks that, um, yeah, this is dope. But then he also thinks about what Arthur Weasley told him saying, never trust anything that can think for itself. If you can't see where it keeps its brain, but I mean, he uses it anyways. He had, um, he uses one of the passageways to head to Honeydukes and he almost gets caught along the way, but he does sneak into Honeydukes through the passageway he approaches Ron and Hermione, and to their amazement, there's there's Ron or there's Harry, um, mm -hmm. right in the shop in Honeydukes. And then he explains that it was because of the map that Fred and George gave him, and Ron's a little upset that he didn't get the map. But too bad, so sad. It's Harry's now, and Hermione's like, you know what? You should give that to McGonagall. You shouldn't have that. And Harry's like, bro, come on now. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna fuck off, that. bro. <laughs> I'm gonna keep that for me and myself, me myself mm. and I. And the three, um, they read a notice that the Dementors, they will be in Hogsmeade patrolling for because Sirius Black and they've kind of got the permission to kind of check stores and whatnot. And Ron says, what's what exactly? We shouldn't worry about them. We, we shouldn't worry about Sirius Black. There's Dementors here. We'll, all, we'll, we'll be all right. Don't you guys worry. And we're going to so, be all right. We're going to be all right. And they're all right because they're heading over to the Shrieking Shack to get some butter beers. But just as they're kind of finishing up, uh, this is where things get a little awkward. Flitwick, McGonagall, Hagrid, and even 
Cornelius Fudge, the Minister of Magic, walk in. Ron and Hermione, they try to help Harry hide beneath the table immediately. And then they kind of just, they're talking. And they're overhearing this conversation um, about them talking. And the owner of the pub comes over as well and saying like, oh, the Dementors are bad for business. Um, they, we don't like that the Dementors are here. And she says that she is surprised about how Sirius Black turned out in the end, how he's become a murderer mm. and whatnot. They also talk about James Potter and Sirius Black, their relationship. They were, in fact, best friends back in the Hogwarts days. And Hagrid compares them to Fred and George, almost like James Potter and Sirius Black were just like these two uh, funny dudes, well-respected, uh, kind of doing shenanigans and whatnot and we also learned that Sirius Black is in fact Harry Harry's godfather and he was the best man at their wedding at Lily and James Potter's wedding they learned that uh also Dumbledore convinced them to go into hiding Lily and James Potter from Voldemort and to use the Fidelius charm I believe it's called which is described from Professor Flitwick as an immensely complicated spell involving the magical concealment of a secret inside a single living soul. And we learned that Sirius Black, he in fact betrayed James Potter with the, uh, in that spell or whatever. And he is the one who got him killed based off of what they overhear at, in the Shrieking Shack. Hagrid says, <clears throat> He found Harry inside rubble after the attack. And then Sirius Black came on his bike that one day and said that um, I won't I won't be near I won't be needing this anymore. And basically gave um, Hagrid the bike and Hagrid's feeling really bad because he's saying, like, I should have known that Sirius was coming to try to get Harry. He's saying, uh, give me it's my godson. Uh, uh, I'll take care of him. And. Hagrid at the time he was only listening to Dumbledore but he also felt bad that he didn't do more at the time we also learn about a fellow named Peter Pettigrew and he was also one of the friends of of James Potter and Sirius Black and at the time he went after Black and he was the one wizard the lone wizard who died in that attack when Sirius Black took out 12 muggles and one wizard here's Peter Pettigrew was trying to do it all by himself the minister fudge continues by saying that only special hit wizards would have stood chance in that moment but um peter pettigrew he gets the order of merlin for his sacrifice and um yeah uh that's pretty much how the chapter ends minister also says that sirius is actually pretty normal person when he saw him in azkaban so he's a little kind of scary himself. Yeah, yeah very kind of, kind of frightening thing to hear that he's a, just a very sane person in Azkaban, but he is also a mass murderer. Mm. So after hearing all that, that stuff, overhearing it as they had a loud conversation in the pub, they head back to Hogwarts and they're basically just dumbfounded at this point, hearing all that uh, juicy gossip at the Shrieking Shack. Joe, this was a very interesting chapter. We basically learned all of the backstory from Sirius Black up to this point. And wow, uh, 
interesting to say the least. So basically after this chapter, I, I kind of realized that Harry needs to slow down and stop jumping to conclusions. And uh, so when Arthur Weasley and Professor McGonagall both on separate occasions tried to pull him aside and be like, hey, listen, I need to tell you the truth about Sirius Black. He was just kind of like, I know I overheard you or I already like Arthur Weasley already told me that he um, he like I know who Sirius Black is, but Harry actually didn't know who Sirius Black was until he was sitting inside the pub. Just vibing, listening to Hagrid and all of these teachers and the fucking Minister of Magic just spill the beans in a public place about Sirius Black. Yeah, no, that's kind of it's curious that they're just yucking it up in the, yep. the shrieking shack. Well, obviously there's probably other Hogwarts students there. Obviously they don't really notice Ron and Hermione. They definitely don't notice Harry uh, underneath the table. Who's not supposed to be in Hogsmeade at all, let mm-hmm. alone the shrieking shack. But yeah, we learn all that. I love that this, the way this book sometimes gives us all the story we need mm. through things like this where it's like people overhearing stuff that they shouldn't be hearing and this is just another example and this is just a crazy good example where we learned just so much about Sirius Black and how he had a crazy close relationship to the Potters and how they he was betrayed by them or they he betrayed them and um, turned him over to you know who and that's just that obviously makes Harry feel awful. And now he has even more resentment to Sirius Black other than the fact that he's was a contributor or the number two behind uh, Voldemort. So now it's just like, if you're Harry, you just feel terrible and you also feel super angry towards mm-hmm. Sirius Black. If you're, if you're Hagrid though, and you decide to sit down right next to Hermione and Ron... Do you not kind of like look around and especially if you're the minister of magic, do you not like look around and kind of be like, yo, this is, this is, maybe we shouldn't talk about this in the shrieking shack when we know a bunch of Hogwarts students are back, are here because it's the last day of Christmas before Christmas break. Yeah, that seems really irresponsible for the minister of magic too. Like this is like, this is important information. This is sensitive information that more than uh, sensitive. This is like, <laughs> this is like a one top secret, bro. This is like Defcon. I don't know, like negative two. Is that is that bad? I don't, I don't know the rate. I don't know that system, but like definitely, Canadians. it should not have been said inside a public thing while having some drinks with your homies. This isn't the type of conversation you have in public, but it is an what they did so it is what it is and now harry and now we know all this uh backstory and how another thing that's super striking um serious black is not like any other prisoner when he's in mm-hmm. azkaban uh, not only do we know about his past with being a great friend with uh james potter but now we know that he's not like any other prisoner and he was actually very sane and normal when he had an interaction with Cornelius Fudge, which kind of counters what everything we know about him, which is very, very fascinating mm-hmm. and interesting. Um, I'm really, ex- yeah, like I'm really excited to get to that little wrinkle because if I'm like in the movies, I, I have to go back and rewatch the movie, especially yeah, after this chapter, especially mm-hmm. after this chapter. Um, 
I, I got to go rewatch because I don't believe, like, I, I think from the beginning they kind of said, like, Sirius is crazy and they just kind of like kept it. And then, you know, like, spoiler award, spoiler warning if you haven't, like, watched the movie, you don't know what happens in book three at all. Like, when Sirius comes back at the end, he looks like he's psychotic. Like, he looks crazy. And it's not, like, I'm excited to see how this book's going to turn it around because as of right now, like, this, this chapter and scene is so different from book to movie. Like, mm. in the movie, Harry had his invisibility cloak and he kind of walked into a, like, a town hall type meeting. I don't even think that Hagrid was there or anything. We didn't know about the whole Sirius and the bike thing. And then in the book, it's they're just literally sitting at the Shrieking Shack and just they come and they they talk right next to them. That, it, it is it is fascinating, and there's definitely a lot of differences from the movie and the book. And I'm gonna have to do a rewatch. I think I'm I think I'm just gonna binge all the movies as yep. soon as we're done these these uh, these books because yep. like yeah, this is this was. I know we were talking about this just before we started recording. This was a really really good chapter. This is one of the best chapters so far. We learned so much in this and then that map i know just know that map is is uh very interesting and very important yep. not only in this book but down the line so a lot count came from this and wow i don't know it was really interesting and the way once again the way that we they reveal it is like bro are you kidding me yeah. you guys are talking about it but it's also that's a that's a way that uh jkr does a lot of the kind of big reveals or like they're listening in i mean yeah that's just how it it works a lot and, of the time and especially for it to come this early on in the book right this is i think it's a 23 chapter book and we're in chapter 10 just kind of getting to know this crucial information it's like how much better can this book get and and what other plot twists are we going to receive like i think the thing that differentiates jkr from just like a, a normal author is just how she can shock the readers like i don't know about you jacob but i was just straight shocked reading this chapter because i'm like i don't remember it being this soon in the movies i don't remember it being like 10 chapters in like 10 chapters mm. is really nothing yeah well, it's pretty soon to get this huge reveal about like um the big backstory about the main villain inside this book and yeah. we just all of a sudden not really expecting much it just seems like it's gonna be a nice little hogsmeade visit and then boom we get this bombshell dropped on us which is i'm not complaining this is this is good this is happening real fast and like yeah it's getting really interesting really fast i mean even from the start of the book it was already a lot quicker in terms of pace and flow than chamber of secrets but it's getting a uh, real, real uh, interesting, Joe. Jacob, uh, before we go into any other description, I just got to ask. Actually, did, like I'm going to ask about your for your broomsticks because I I'm dying to know your broomsticks. Like, g give me yours. Just, me? Yeah. I gave this. This was my. I think this is my first five yeah. in this book. I think it just has to be a five. There's so much intrigue in this chapter. Mm -hmm. we, we didn't touch on it yet, but we Harry heard his mom's voice that was the voice that was mm -hmm. uh haunting him when he fell off the broom that was the one that um he heard and that was kind of like a minor thing in this chapter which is a very interesting thing in the whole context of this book you but, have to go back yeah. and read it you have to go back and read it to, to really be like shit he was like yeah 
it's his mom's voice. Like we heard Lily Potter's voice. Yeah, and hearing what exactly she said was basically like um, her dying words as Voldemort is uh, attacking on their home. And that's how, like, that's her dying words that he's hearing. And that's what the Dementors are causing um, for him to hear. So like, that's just, that's one of the aspects in this, this chapter, but there's just so much more. Obviously the biggest part is the, the nice little reveal in, Mm -hmm. in Hogsmeade. And then there's the aspect of getting the map, the Marauders map that leads him all the way here. So, man, I don't know, this was definitely a five out of five for me. There's a lot of awesome stuff. And then also Hagrid, like Hagrid feels so much like sadness and grief for Harry. And we, I mean, we already understand it from like past interactions with Hagrid and how he's built up in the story, but we understand even more just with this kind of little anecdote, how he's like, damn, I wish I had done more. I wish I had done more to get rid of Sirius Black after he was on the way to harm Harry or something like that. So I don't know. What was your, I guess your, yours is five as well, I guess. Yeah. No, no point in really asking, but why, why was it five for you? A couple of different reasons as to why it was five. I've kind of said in earlier episodes um, that I feel as if JKR, and I think I might've said this as early as chapter four. I think JKR has gone so comfortable uh, by the third book and just writing into the wizarding world that, you really get transported into each page of your reading. As I was flipping through these pages, I felt as if I was sitting under that table with Harry, just kind of listening in and feeling the pain that Harry felt because of just how vivid it was. And like you said, Jacob, there are so many different layers to this whole chapter, from Lily's voice to the Mortar's map to Ron being like, wait, why don't why don't I have the Mortar's map? To the fact that Harry just walks into Hogsmeade and nobody notices Harry, even though Harry is the most famous <laughs> wizard in the world. And that's like the entire premise of chapter one. That's Not when chapter you know, one. that's when, you know, just Hogsmeade is popping during the holidays. Yeah, <laughs> man, it's like, it's like Carabana, but like every weekend. <laughs> nah, I'm Harry. kidding. I'm kidding. Maybe. I, I don't know if I am. I'll find out next week if I'm kidding. <laughs> nah. But I, I just, I love that there are so many different aspects of this chapter and, and, each of them flowed perfectly, which is something I don't think JKR has been able to do in past books. But in this book, it's everything has a purpose and and you're not lingering too much on any one topic. So Sirius Black, it's if there's not a mention in him in one chapter, the very next chapter after mm-hmm. that will be a very big chunk of Sirius Black's ba- backstory. And I just, I just love that whole thing. And I just got to say that this chapter chapter 10 the mortars map it's like 1a 1b as my favorite chapter of the entire harry potter series and the other chapter that shares that 1a 1b spot is the boy who lived the very first chapter of the entire book i don't know maybe it's it's hard to be but i'm sure there's gonna be a lot of other really good chapters yeah this was definitely very good and definitely one of the top ones in the entire um story in yeah. my opinion i don't know where well, there's obviously a lot more to come but obviously um yeah it's hard to for me it's hard to pick just one kind of standout character um i'm curious if you had a single standout or multiple standouts or any at all what what say you on in terms of that 
I, like you're right it's so tough to pick a, a, <laughs> it's but it's not even because like there's a lot of options it's just because of like there's just yes a there are of, yeah there's a, a lot, lot of, of these characters in this chapter played a big part into like just how we navigated through this chapter like for yeah. example for me like fred and george just kind of being like we're gonna pass on our shenanigans to harry led to him getting to the point where he ended up underneath the table to hear all of this stuff mm-hmm. and then there's just harry himself who is just he is always at the center of everything so there's that's kind of self-explanatory and when they're talking about harry and sirius black and all in his parents i mean it is what it is he's one of the most important characters in this chapter and then there's the remorse or like how Hagrid feels about mm-hmm. just everything. And obviously he holds a huge piece of his heart. Um, part of it is because of Harry. Like he just has so much love for Harry. He wanted to take Harry for his own and kind of raise him. Um, but obviously well, he, had he? Had to, he had to hand him off to the Dursleys. Yeah. Um, but it is what it is. So there's like a lot of really important characters and really interesting mm-hmm. kind of um not necessarily subplots, but just interesting kind of specs coming from different characters. So I couldn't really pick just one. Um, and then obviously Sirius Black. Damn, that's crazy. Like I had narrowed it down to three characters and one object. So the object was obviously the Mortars map, mm-hmm. just allowing Harry to yeah. not only just escape the school, but just to go be with his friends and family because we started off the chapter with Harry saying uh, he felt as if he'd lost a friend when he lost his broomstick at the hands of the Dementor. So for Harry to, in that same chapter to then go and, you know, just find his friends again and not be alone was something that mentally must've been very happy for Harry. And that was all thanks to Fred and George and the Mortars map, but Fred and George don't get a shout because they just didn't play that big of a role in the chapter but they gave him the map yes but yes but they gave him the map but then it it was harry's decision to use the map so they could have given him the map and he not do anything with it then we would have just been having a chapter where harry's just sitting in the common room crying and bitching and moaning i'm but like no like and then my my three characters were hagrid hermione and cornelius fudge fudge because he was essentially telling the entirety of the story with obviously um, the other side characters just kind of stepping in. Mm-hmm. Hagrid, for all the reasons that you mentioned, like there's just the raw emotion that Hagrid spent said from beginning to end of the chapter was just outstanding. And then Hermione for having the wherewithal to just kind of, as Harry is showing up, and sorry, as Cornelius Fudge and, and Hagrid are showing up, my apologies. She just kind of puts a little spell to make sure that tree next to them is just that much taller so they can't look over. Mm-hmm. Also, just because I, I feel as if Hermione was just, I don't know, I just felt as if she played a big part, even though she might not have had the the lines to back it up. Just her presence felt big. And, and I feel as if going down the line, her character in this moment will play a very big role. But with all of that being said, I think it has to be Hagrid as my chapter winner. Yeah, um, I was leaning towards just Hagrid on his own, but I think there's a lot of characters like we mentioned that um, 
yeah, are important in this chapter and kind of guiding us to the kind of big reveal, that big conversation at the end. Um, I don't know. Is there is there much else you want to add to this? Because I think we're running relatively long if we can want to get to quote, uh, yeah. if you have a quote. I do have a quote, but I, I don't think we need to really mention anything else. You mentioned Lily Potter and her voice and the mortars map and everything else. This, this chapter was jam-packed with information. And, and it's a chapter that I, I recommend everybody read. Even if you're like, you've already read all of the Harry Potter books, just go back and read that chapter specifically. It was just, it's so magical to, to really just see how it plays out, especially if you know the ending to the entirety of the series and the book itself. It's just, it's a very vital chapter in my opinion. And, and I think this is absolutely outstanding. Um, but no, yeah, my favorite quote comes from Rubius Hagrid. That's my guy, my little ogre. It's when he's talking to the entire group and basically saying that he, he was serious. He was with Sirius black the night that everything happened. And he says, quote, I met him, growled Hagrid. I must have been the last to see him before he killed all them people. End quote. I just, something about that quote, like Hagrid obviously thinks about this and it obviously affects him. And he feels as if this entire, like the reason why Harry grew up with the Dursleys was because of him. He felt, and, and the reason why Sirius Black ought to kill all those people was because of him because he didn't stop him because he he didn't do anything to stop Sirius Black and he even says that the at the end of this monologue quote I comforted the murdering traitor he feels as if he comforted the traitor he mm. obviously feels guilt and he feels sorry for himself and I just think that it's brave of Hagrid to mention it and it's brave of Hagrid to also do right from his wrongs and what he did for Harry at his 11th birthday and just take him to the Wizarding World, buy him Hedwig, and just introduce Harry to this amazing world that we call Hogwarts. Yeah, Hagrid feels a ton of guilt. And like, obviously, how could he have really known? Um, but yeah, he that's just like, I mean, that's the nature of feeling guilt. You feel like yeah. you should have done more than you could have really and that's kind of what drags him down what makes him feel like that and that's obviously why he has such a strong relationship with harry now because he wants to make amends kind of for what happened and uh he wants to make sure everything's good with him on his end um my quote is actually kind of it's funny because it's not act i believe oh. this was from madame no it's not a funny quote it's okay. just it's from Madame Rosemurta, who is the shop owner uh, at the pub. So like, she's like, she's just kind of a character that kind of just helps guide the conversation. But she says, of all people to go over to the dark side, Sirius Black was the last I ha I'd have thought. I mean, I remember him when he was a boy at Hogwarts. If you told me that he was going to become, uh, I'd have said, you had too much mead, med? Mead. mead i think that's mead. like too i think that's kind drink. of beer to be honest yeah i think it's just basically you had too much to drink um but yeah that's why that's my favorite quote is like that's like this the intrigue around serious black how did he become go from being james potter's best friend of, uh the best man at his wedding harry's godfather to a mass murderer a man who was sent to azkaban 
and now on his way back to try to kill Harry. Um, just in that quote itself, it's just like, that's basically what's on everyone's mind. I mean, we now know a, a lot of the backstory, but through this conversation, but that's what's going through everyone's mind. How is Sirius Black the way he is? And although we know, know a lot about him now, we still don't know what led him that way, which is still interesting and up in the air but that's kind of why this is my favorite quote it's just a lot of intrigue and there's just a lot of intrigue in this entire chapter and yeah i thought it was very interesting uh yeah like i I don't think you can really fault anything in this chapter even like those little things that we hated not hated but like even like those little things that happened like like Hagrid and and them just talking out loud about <laughs> important business, which actually brings me back to one other point I forgot to mention. It seems as if this was public knowledge, you know, like if a muggle caught Sirius Black and it was like big news and everybody knows who Sirius Black is, wouldn't they have known that he was Harry Potter's godfather? Like, wouldn't this have been like major news at the time? And like maybe one of the other students would have told Harry or like Draco could have teased him been like, your godfather Sirius Black. He, he's not come to kill you yet. Yeah. I guess it's, it's maybe just like a generation gap where like maybe, maybe uh, Malfoy knows because his father tells him everything and his father is the same age as the others. Mm. But I, I feel like it's kind of gotten lost over time, that kind of knowledge. I mean, it was only like 12 years or 13 years ago. And, but still, um, I don't know. It's interesting though. That's a, it's a decent point you bring up there. Thank you. Thank you, Jacob. Respect, respect. Respect. Um, yeah, I, I guess that's, that's it. Anything else you want to add? We already did our broomsticks. It's, it's five. It's five out of five. Five out of five. Team Meghan Markle. Shout out. Shout out, shout, shout out. out. Down with the monarchy. <laughs> Down with the monarchy, up with Harry Potter. Let's go. Harry Potter or bust. And if you want more Harry Potter, come back tomorrow. Because this was just another chapter. And if you want if you want chapter 11, Firebolt, come back tomorrow. This was yes, Jacob sir. and Joe. And we'll see you next time. Peace. Who are Bye. you? I'm Harry. Harry Potter.